0: So we are going to be joined by Lisa Dahl, we have a special interview, we're talking about social media,
1: we're talking about going viral, we're talking about all the things, it's going to be lots of fun. Lisa Dahl is a certified and award-winning tattoo artist and a Society of Permanent Cosmetic Professionals trainer member and business owner with over 10 years of experience in tattooing and art she brings a unique skill set to her work and personal services and in 2014 she opened Rose Red Tattoo that merged the two worlds of cosmetic and artistic tattooing together into one leading studio in maryland additionally in 2020 she opened her own training academy where she teaches tattoo fundamentals and continuing education to the next generation welcome lisa hi thanks for having me yeah i am so happy to have you i mean we've been in the same circles for so long and it's like way overdue And definitely when I was hearing you talk at the SBCP conference that we just had, uh, the virtual conference because of uh, the hurricane, I was like, I got to get that girl on here. She is fantastic. So for people that are just like getting to know you or just meeting you, tell a little bit of your backstory about, you know, I know you come from tattooing and art, as we just said, but give us like the 60 second story of your beauty business journey. Sure. So
2: I started tattooing back in 2011. And I was just doing like body art type uh, tattoos, uh, artistic ones for about three years. And then that's when uh, the whole permanent makeup thing was on my radar. And I had seen some of the work in my area. And I noticed right off the bat that there was such a divide between the two worlds as far as the knowledge, you know, there, there was kind of permanent makeup knowledge and tattoo knowledge, and the two didn't really talk to each other. So I saw a real opportunity for myself, who was interested in beauty and and fashion as well, to take my body art background, get formal permanent makeup training, and I felt I could really add something. And that basically started everything off. So in 2014, I got permanent makeup training, and then I also opened up Rose Red Tattoo, and I've been combining everything since and opened up an academy
1: in 2020. Yeah, I think that's so awesome having that foundation because you know things like that, you know, like you said, from the tattoo world and art and really saturation and just the different things that we don't, or maybe we're just starting to talk about and some select artists like yourself are talking about, right, and how to put depth and highlight and things like that, that we originally weren't taught. And so it's so good that you can bring that to the industry. Absolutely. Yeah. And so today's topic, we're talking about social media, we're talking about going viral. I always ask the guests, like, what do you want to talk about? What made you want to talk about that topic?
2: So I really wanted to talk about it because since I've been training, I feel like that is something that all my students and even just coworkers, co-artists around me, they really focus a lot on is, you know, their social media footprint, and it's something that, you know, I'm 36, I've been on the internet since it essentially became a thing, you know, and <laughs> so I've had a while, you know, to kind of gather data and just see the trends and see how things ebb and flow. And I feel like I'm aware of some inherent truths that a lot of people are not. So I wanted to talk about it because I have gone viral a couple times. And so I've also seen the actual impact or lack thereof to my, my real life money in my hand, my wallet, you know, that type of thing. So I like yeah. to share knowledge with, with people.
1: Yeah, so take us to the first time that, you know, you wanna say that it went, you went viral or what was that that happened? Give, tell us that experience.
2: Sure, so the first time I went viral was on TikTok. And what I was actually doing was I was testing the paid at, like, you know, like paying to boost your posts and so on. And just as a disclaimer, when I give advice, like I 100% give it, you know, I tell you the the whole background of the reality of, of business and, w- and what I do, morality be damned. Okay, because <laughs> when it comes to it, we, we want to see the man behind the curtain, you know, who is the Wizard of Oz, and I'm the person that's going to pull the curtain back for you. So I wanted to see like, okay, you know, I've seen kind of what, posting organically will give me what if i throw like four hundred dollars you know at a post like what will that do will it will it bring me my target market so i was trying that out on tiktok and i had done it with a few videos and i made a uh, brow video where i'm showing uh, clients essentially so the demographic is for possible clients how they can design their brows at home and the point of this is to first of all establish my worth right so i'm establishing that client, something I have to offer them of, look, I've helped you out in your day-to-day of tattooing or uh, drawing your brows. and, And now you can think about maybe getting them tattooed and how that would benefit you in your, in your life. But I throw in a lot of humor and stuff like that. Like I talk about, I pretend in the video that I know Grimes and Elon Musk and Dinner Party, like just making jokes too. So I'm also there to entertain. And so I threw money at that. And it went, I think it got like 22 or 24,000 views or something like that. And even though people found it entertaining, I would say to the actual demographic, it was about the same as if I hadn't put $450 to to it. So even though I had set the settings to say, you know, the type of people and like demographic and, and metrics that I wanted it to target, it was just a lot of teenagers, so it was a lot of, like, 13-year-olds that, you know, like, were, were liking it, but they're not going to be a client of mine, you know?
0: Right, right. Um,
2: and they're all over the world, so that's also going to limit, you know, the, the impact. So e- it was an ego boost, right? You can say, oh, so many people saw this video, but in real life, it didn't really bring me anything.
1: Yeah, it's such a great point. I always say that because this has happened in my business as well. Like this influencer wants to partner with me. And I tell a story about how when I looked at this influencer, you know, she maybe had, this was like in 2014, she had 67,000 followers which was definitely a lot in 2014, you know, like, I think we see those numbers now and we don't even blink at it, but was a lot. But then when I look deeper at her followers, they were mostly men and her pictures were mostly bikinis. And I was like, this is really not my target market and it could be international. And that's not going to help me for a New York based business, right? Like, so such a good point of knowing, I think it goes back to just what is your intention and is your intention to just get awareness or is it to get actual customers? So that was your first go at it, right?
2: Yeah. So that was my first go at it. And you know, I also like to, I I also tell people, well, what is your goal, right? Like we were just talking about that. Like what is your goal with your career and even social media in general? So my goals are very inflated. Like I can't help it. I'm very ambitious. So my goals are even years ago were to get on stage, speak, industry leader, et cetera, et cetera. So me going viral, me having lots of views, me having a certain amount of followers may not give me so much extra money in hand, but it does impress gatekeepers who then, you know, establish my value based on those metrics that then give me other opportunities, which then allow me to maybe expand my income or awareness. Right?
1: Yeah.
2: I tell my students, I'm like, are you trying to do that? You know, are you trying to be an industry leader? If not, then it's almost pointless. Like I would say, don't even focus on that so much. Your reach needs to be local, right? Yeah. It's like people that are actually awareness given to the people that are actually going to get in your chair and give you money. Then some of these, some, you know, looking at somebody and following what they're doing that doesn't have the same goals
1: as you might be spinning wheels a bit. Yeah. And it depends on just like what you said to your point of what stage of business you're in, right? So at the beginning stage of your business, you just need clients, you need money to pay the bills. You're not like, I mean, you might have those dreams of getting on those stages and so forth. But realistically, you need to, you know, like you said, market to your audience, because you need to get just the clients in the door. So
2: exactly. And Like like I mentioned, you know, I've been doing this since 2011. And my first few years, that was not a goal of mine. It was just get better. You know what I mean? Like, right. my yeah. goal, you know, get to a, a healthy income and improve my skill set. And that those were my goals that I was working towards. And then once I meet those, you know, I add other goals and then I work towards those. And then the second time I went viral, was actually just recently. And I was, and I actually thought this is perfect for April's (laughs) Instagram live. I can use this as an example. A lot of times permanent makeup, you're maybe with a client anywhere between an hour and a half to maybe three hours or something like that. But with my body art clients, they might sit in my chair five, six hours at a time, once a month for multiple sessions, you know, until we're done with like a, a large piece on them. So they spend a lot of time with me and we we chit chat a lot. So sometimes I post videos that seem pointless, like they're just silly or I might jump on like a trend and do something. But it's also to remind my clients, you know, kind of my personality and who I am and the relationship that we might have built, like seeing a friend type thing. Because I mean, honestly, some of these clients, they almost become like, friends but with professional boundaries because they I see them more than my actual friends. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly.
2: So the second video that went viral was on Instagram. And if you're curious, if you go to my profile, click on the little video area and it's the video that says what is my age and it was Mm. the filter that was trending and it's essentially, you know, it kind of it does the spinny thing where it tries to guess what your age is based on your face. And I was actually just sitting here at my table, and I didn't have any makeup on, and I was like, sure, whatever, we'll try it. And behind the scenes, I actually was like, ooh, I wonder if it'll say I'm younger, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, let's see if it says I'm younger. So I'm kind of sitting there like, hmm, you know, let's see what it says. And then it aged me a year. It said I was 30, it thought I was 37, even though I was 36. So I, I'm, you know, I, I started off smug, and then kind of was like, what, you know, and t- yeah. taking it back. And I just posted it, you know, it really wasn't a big thing. And it initially didn't catch the wave. I would say a couple days went by, it was standard few thousand views, you know, that in my average video reach. And then all of a sudden, one day after my appointments, I go up on my Instagram and I'm just seeing a lot of like, you know, activity, like likes, follows that are jumping up. And I'm like, hmm, that's weird. Didn't think much of it. Check back into it later, saw the same thing. And then I clicked on my video views and it was at like 400,000 views. Wow. And then
1: it,
2: yeah. And then over like a week and a half, it got to, I think it's currently at like 900 something. So almost a million views. And that wow. was the like biggest I've ever had. I didn't pay any money. It had, was not thought out. You know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> so It really was like, I'm bored. Let me just you know, do the silly video and send it. It had nothing to do with tattooing, art, and permanent makeup, which of course frustrates everybody, right? Because we never get the validation for the content we want. It's always stupid stuff. Right. And Which just makes you go, whatever. But am I any richer from this video? No. Do I have any clients that have booked from this video? No. Do I have a whole lot of creepy DMs from men that think I'm attractive? Yes. You know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
2: So, yes, I I got a jump and I got a few hundred followers out of it. But are they, you know, the followers that are going to add up to quality? Probably not. Probably just more creepy DMs and comments. So that might help with my engagement and um, I'll welcome it. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's almost kind of in a nutshell, just a wide range of my experience with trying to make something, you know, for my demographic and everything else. And then just kind of irreverently posting something to be silly. And the truth is the internet, it's going to reward that video over permanent makeup. Because if we really think of our niche overall in in the world of social
1: media, not so many people are going to care about permanent makeup, right? right? I always say that like when you're creating content, you're creating content for, you know, know the purpose of it. You're creating it for brand awareness and which is one, Part, which is, I think that like you said, the entertainment part or just get their attention is what so many people just focus on. Mm -hmm. But the second part, which is really kind of the glue that makes, you know, brings them from uh, an audience member or a follower to a buyer is the connection. And so then you have to have content for connection. And it reminds me of a friend that had a viral video as well, like several million people. And he had a big audience to begin with because he teaches Instagram. (laughs) Anyways, and then video was like a same thing. It was like a video about him and Target. (laughs) Right. Like not. And he got all of these followers, but it actually hurt his algorithm because Mm -hmm. the followers were not resonating with his normal content. So what happens, as you know, is when you put out content and it shows it to because he got all these new followers that aren't really his buyers. Right. And so when you put out that new content. It will show it to about like two to ten percent of your audience. I think it usually starts off around two, and then if they engage with it, then it will show it to like ten percent. And if they engage with it more, and it just keeps showing it more and more. Like if it's really, you know, they say, "Oh, this is catchy. More people need to see it." But the problem for him was when he was putting out his regularly scheduled program content, it wasn't catching, and so then the algorithm, because they just the algorithm gives you a grade a score, just started docking him, and because he is an Instagram creator and that's what he actually monetizes an Instagram course. He was very attuned to what was happening with his numbers, you know, like he knew that stuff and he actually did a whole thing on like how his viral video hurt his business.
2: Yeah, that's so perfect and I love that more people are coming out with that stuff because you know, my message is not that social media is a waste of time or anything like that it's just more or less, I think, just framing like our expectations, right? And in yeah. scope of what it can mean for us to actually help, help everybody to feel better about their relationship with it and understand the nature of the beast of it. You know, because I mentioned, you know, our permanent makeup and beauty demographic in general, you know, might be small in terms of of everything but that doesn't mean that you don't try and that you don't do it cuz it's big to you as a permanent makeup artist. But if you're creating content, right, and you're maybe looking at a celebrity or somebody outside of what you do and you're feeling bad going, "Hmm, you know, why do they have so many more views than I do?" or, "You know, why why do they have so much more engagement?" and it's it you might not be even in the same category with the same awareness, none of that. So, it's about just understanding that and seeing it more as a tool, but not as this end all be all.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So what tips would you have? Because you've built a really good following. I love that you're always trying things, right? Like you're, you're like, all right, let me just see if I put some money behind it. You know, you're on different platforms. What are some of your go-to tips or, you know, what would you like to share?
2: Yeah. So I would say it depends on where you are in your career, but assuming you've either started off, or I would say within your first three years. If you're newer in everything, especially if you don't have a good relationship with social media already, you don't like it, you find it to be just really draining, keep it simple. You know, first you just want to establish the, your consistency with your quality of work, right? So, you know, po- do, do the standard of just posting your work, your best of, and don't worry about some, uh, my, my personal advice is just don't worry so much about the advice of how much and when to post and so on, because I just, I've seen it just all change over time as platforms change what they're doing. Instagram recently, you know, started prioritizing uh, reels and so on. Just if you post what you need to post when you want to post it, I think that works out fine when you're first started. And establish your worth, establish your consistency and your quality. Have somewhere, you know, that people interested can show their friends and say, oh yeah, you know, I just got my brows, eyes, lips, whatever, done by so-and-so. Here's her Instagram, you know, here's like all, some of her work and they can see it there. But then from there, once you do that for a while and you feel consistent with it, then you can start getting fancy and start adding extra things like paying attention maybe to recommended times of day. Uh, amounts of posting, but be prepared that if you're going to transition to that, that that's kind of a job in itself and you, you need to educate yourself and and be honest with yourself if you really even want to do that or whatever, because it's one of those things you can't just dip your toe in and dip out because I know from personally being inconsistent with it, you really do kind of have to stick with it and pay attention. And I say, have fun with it. So I, for a while there, I loved social media and I hated social media. I was kind of in between. I just found it to be a big like time suck. I was personally getting uh, upset of, I, you know, I've spent all this time recording something personally, editing it, color grading it, you know, and then I would stick it up on the internet and it would just go, you know what I mean? And I would yeah. literally, oh, I spent four hours of my life, you know what I mean? On something that, the platform just refused to even show to anybody like, you know what I mean? Like I can tell that it just, I, I, I paid attention to the time, the amount of posts and it did all the things and it's just dead in the water. And so then I started just being like, you know, I'm going to create things that I want to create that I enjoy creating so that if it gets exposure or not, it doesn't really matter. Cause I had fun, you know, and I know that people will also come back to it and see it maybe at later dates and it might have an impact Then And then lastly, my advice would be ask your every client that comes in, that's a new client, I always ask them, you know, how'd you hear about me? Do you follow me on social media? And what I've found is so many people don't make themselves known, you know, they don't like, they don't engage, but they are actually very engaged, just in a ghost-like way. So... (laughs) they will talk to me about, oh, yeah, I saw in your stories that you were in Philadelphia and that you went to this, the, you know, the, the Mütter Museum, and I've been there before and all this other stuff, and, I, you know, whether they liked it or not uh, or made any comments or sent any hearts, it doesn't matter. They, they saw it, you know, they, they enjoyed it, and
1: now we have something to talk about and connect over
2: to just kind of further build that
1: relationship. Yeah, that's such a great point, Lisa, because people want to find things to connect with you on, right? I always say people everybody's heard the whole no like and trust factor, but it's so true with our industry, especially that they need to feel that they have common ground with you or it's something in common so that they can begin to like and trust you and start to see you as somebody that can work on them and feel like, yeah, you have that connection. You know, I think that's just back to, you know, being tribal people. It's like ingrained in our brain like to want to say okay you are like me I can trust you and so even whether it's your you know fur baby your animals your wherever you're vacationing it's whatever you have in common right you know even if it's something as simple as you know coffee like it's funny like you know people can bond over you know a caffeinated beverage (laughs) oh absolutely Yeah. So good. So since you've been in business for so long and you're such a great artist, your work is like, Oh man, it's so beautiful. Yeah. I want to just talk on the business side. Is there a lesson learned that you were like, Oh, if I would have known that sooner, or was, was there something that you, you know what I mean? Like what advice would you give to your younger self is what I always love to ask.
2: Oh my gosh. I'm like, which one? Which one do I do I think about? One of them would be don't open that second location, girl. Don't do it. <laughs>
1: okay, I don't let, don't. Like, don't, stop it. Just don't. That's so good. So let's cause can we can we explore that for just a moment? Okay. Yeah. I have several thoughts on that, but tell me your thoughts, why why you say that.
2: Well, I learned a lot from that experience, and at the end of the day, I feel like as long as you learn from your failures, and they don't become quite like quite failures, but it, it is to my pocketbook, it sure was a failure. So, yeah. <laughs> so years and years ago, I decided to, and I'll nutshell this: I decided to open up a second location, and. It wasn't called Rose Red. It was just uh, the idea that it was a second studio owned by me with like a slightly different business model, but was riding, was going to ride off the reputation of, you know, the other studio I had.
1: Tattoo and permanent makeup. Both. going to be both. have both. And
2: it was going to be in a mall and it was in a mall that was still doing well at the time, you know, one of the few ones and had a lot of traffic and everything else. And I said, you know, I want to, and I used to work in the mall when I was a a teenager and like early 20s and stuff. And I was like, I kind of would like to almost be back in that type of environment. And it was going to be the, almost like a less formal version of what I already had, where we have like a microblade artist and so on, but it's still mainly heavily, you know, it was supposed to be the idea that one hand fed the other. So the mall shop would be great for new people, people first starting off, you know, doing more of like, you know, walk-in type designs or, you know, getting a small, you know, cross on your arm here or, you know, initial somewhere, all the types of work that we have to turn away at my other yeah. studio because everyone's too booked out. Yeah. So I was trying to fill that demand. And I said, well, what better place than a mall? That's one of the few places that people are still walking by, you know, to Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And so that was my plan. And then also I felt that it would be a great place for me to start new artists that then as they established, could move over to Rose Red, which was more set up for people that, you know, had been doing it for a few years. Because that's always been something that's been an issue with Rose Red is it seems to attract a lot of newbies, but it's not really made for newbies, you know, type thing. So it's harder for start because it's private, appointment only, no walk-ins, that type of thing. So that was my grand plan. And, you know, I just felt like it can't fail type thing. (laughs) So I also had met a young guy who was also a store owner already in the mall and he had like a pop culture uh, store set up and he was going to be my right-hand man type thing. He was going to manage the mall store and I thought it was perfect because he's already in the mall, he's already got his own store and he can always kind of keep an eye on mine even when he's not on, on shift. So a couple weeks before opening... All these things kind of changed. The people I had hired to start, started half the team was awesome. And the other half were becoming problematic and we hadn't even opened, you know, including the permanent makeup artists I had hired, where they were already like, well, can I get a you know, an advance, you know, to, to my, to, to like my money, my wages, even though we haven't started or like, you know, I don't really have any clientele. Like, is this going to give me clientele? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, we haven't even opened, you know, that type of thing. And then the boy wonder, the manager that was supposed to help out was like, actually I have other business goals I've decided to go towards and I'm only available part-time. And I'm like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like, so literally everything just started to crumble before we even opened. We open and it's not, there's a whole lot of foot traffic, but they're just walking right on by. You know what I mean? Like they're not coming in. I was having uh, issues with the mall where the mall management, like wanted me there but didn't want me there because they didn't like tattoos they didn't like the whole you know they were concerned trashy or whatever the case is and so they had convinced me to not put tattoo in the name and to use body art instead i didn't think that would be a problem because i mean i've been familiar with body art being a word for tattooing but apparently everybody else did because literally, I would stand outside the studio and I would listen to people as they would walk by, and I would hear them go, Oh, honey, honey, check this out. What is this? Is this body art? Do you think they do paint, body painting? Like, what is it? You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Tattoos. <laughs> so it was so essentially and I have no problem saying this I feel like other business people like to always act like they don't fail like they don't have misses or they don't have issues I'll give it to you straight I lost 80 grand like that that was my debt you know from and I opened it and shut it down within a four-month period because it was just bleeding 15 20k a month and yes. the mall, every time I came to them to be like, I need to put tattoo in the window. Like, I need to be able to say tattoos here, you know, browse my yes. place. They were like, no, we don't, we don't want it in there. You know, we don't, in everything else. And they made me hide the stations too. So you didn't even really see any, but you know, it was like, there was kind of a decorative wall in between everything. So I had to do the whole lawyer up thing, you know, and everything to yeah. avoid sued for years of a lease. Luckily, I'm savvy with that stuff and I know how it works, but so I did not get sued, but I was able to convince them to just let me go of the lease. It was just, yeah, that could have been an ultimate disaster. And, but it taught me that I know it sounds sad, but I just can't rely on other people. Like it really just taught me. (laughs) that I need to be able to control that stuff whether people are in or out you know type thing or, or whatever people are there and that's what made me refocus on my personal business you know and having my artists be not employees but booth renters that totally run their own business they have their own insurance they have their own business LLC or sole proprietorship. And I am a property manager essentially to them so that I could a hundred percent just focus on me, my brand, my career, making money off what I do and anything else is just more supplemental. Um, yeah. Also that fixed my, any kind of turnover, you know, because they're paying a, a monthly rental that is considered competitive. You know, it's not too high, not too low. So yeah. they're very happy. They get to do what they do. Of course, I got to screen them and make sure that we're on the same page, ethic, business ethic, and quality-wise. But it's been working out great, and that's what allowed me to open the Academy.
1: Yeah. So it, I think of two things. One, I, we just had a call with my students yesterday in the Elevate Your Beauty Business program. And one of the things we were talking about naming their signature service. And I was saying that there's an expression, it's by Donald Miller from Story Brand. And he says, if you confuse, you lose. Mm-hmm. And I was just saying that Clear beats clever all the time. So it made me think about that with the naming. You have to really, like people want to come up with these great names that are clever, but the audience doesn't know what it is. And if they don't know what you clearly do for them and and how it's a benefit, they're going to walk right past you or they're not going to, right? So like names are so important. Now you can be clever in your tagline. You can be clever with other things, but certain names need to be very clear, on, you know, the benefit you offer and what it's, you know, how it helps the client. And then it makes me also think of a a student in the past. Now, this was several, several years ago, probably about three years ago. And she had this big studio and she, you know, she, she did all the things and it was driving her crazy. Like she had hair, she had nails and we started like, basically we, we it down on paper like what's making you money right and like if her nail tech was out then she had to step in and do the nails and she's like and i don't mind doing it i can do it but i was like but look if you keep doing that which keeps happening look at how much money you're losing because you're holding time for these clients where you could be making a higher dollar per hour and basically we did all the numbers and it was like this realization where you're looking at it and doesn't lie. The numbers don't lie. And she started to think about the toll it was taking. And she said, you know what? I actually, I thought I wanted this big business. It's like when people think like they want mm-hmm. the wedding, but they don't want the marriage. Right. Yeah. They didn't, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's <laughs> a dream. Care. Like the name the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. She's like, I wanted the big, my name. And you know, I didn't see it there and it sounded exciting. She's like, but, and, and then after she kind of scaled it down and actually moved locations, smaller location, she was like, I am so much happier. She's like, it's less stress. It's more profit. It's a small business. Like people always think they have to be big, like second location. I got to do this. I got to, you know what I mean? And it's like, it comes down to what do you really want? Now, not to say a second location, that works for a lot of people, but you know, it, knowing your capacity, knowing what season of life, knowing what you really want, all of those things. And you know, if you don't like managing people, well, there's a big red clinic.
2: The, the thing about it is, before I got into tattooing, I've always managed people. Like, even when I was a, a teenager, I very quickly, you know, my first job, I was like third key manager or something within a company. Okay. So, I actually had no problem managing people until I got into tattooing. <laughs> because, because it brings what I've learned over the years is there's a difference between managing people and managing creatives, right? And, yeah. And uh, I would say I don't like managing creatives because creatives tend to be more emotional and not logical and not rational. So I don't know how to manage that. And and that's just me. I'm not saying that, you know, somebody else doesn't do a better job, but I look at things and and almost like, okay, here's the emotion. Here's the logic. Now we're going to take this emotion and stick it over here. And we're going to really just look at this logic. And then we'll circle back to, you know the emotion but this logic is what is is the the way to go and also creatives tend to be a little wishy-washy they don't always know what it is they want so i kept having issues where somebody would come and be like yeah this is exactly what i want you know and i love this and i want to work for somebody else i don't want to handle all the business stuff like i want you to do that for me i just want to be a worker bee and then they would start working at my studio and then all of a sudden they have a problem with being a worker bee and they want to be they, they want a, a piece of, of like the, you know, the, the owner pie, but they don't want to put in the work for it. But now they're being weird and sour. And you know what I mean? Like that type yes. of thing. That's yeah. what I don't, I have no patience for it. I'm like, but you said you were cool with the arrangement. Why is this, why now am I being vilified for you changing your mind? Also with tattooing, you just, you know, it's like hurting cats. is like how I would explain it. You know, it's like, you know, I'm really good at dog wrangling. Right. You know, but cats, <laughs> they 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 just have their own thing they're gonna do and i actually respect that so i removed Mm -hmm. myself like almost let me i'm just gonna remove myself from this and actually set it up to where you can be cat like you know and to me that is the booth renter thing of you know you need to take the responsibility to if you want this life then you need to set it up correctly you know and and have your own business essentially you're not a contractor you are your own business within my establishment. And then you can be cat-like, you know what I mean? And And it doesn't bother me and, you know, and vice versa. And we just go about and do what we want to do for our goals. Because, you know, I would also have people that worked for the studio when they were employees that didn't have the same goals as, as I did. Like they didn't care about the shop and its reputation. Maybe they only needed to make a very small income. And so they only wanted to work one or two days a week. You know, that, like that type of thing. yeah. So I, you know, expect them to jump on my wagon of, oh, we're going to do conventions. We're going to travel. We got to be like one of the leading studios and, and they don't care, right? Yeah. And, like you, either you have to find a tribe that does all have the same goals when it comes to like business stuff, or you have to just kind of have that, that um, metric in mind that you can't fully rely on people to stay consistent. And that's not even a, uh, I'm not maligning it. It's just a reality. Our goals and and things that we want in life might change over time.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to me. Like I have had this come up recently, I think like in this past year or two that I always feel like one of my strengths and weaknesses is loyalty. Like I am, like loyal to a fault almost sometimes. But like, if I say I'm going to do it, especially if I give my word, right, I do it. And so I think that for a lot of people, and I'm seeing this in a lot of beauty business owners, like they want the results, but they're not one keeping their word to other people. And they're definitely not keeping their word to themselves. So they'll say, I'm going to show up more on social media, or I'm going to reach out to more referral partners. And then they don't have that self integrity to actually do it. Right. And so, but I also see like, and and that can happen because we all make promises to ourselves. Like I'll start that diet tomorrow. And we all have things that we slip on, right. But like, we all have certain things, but like, if you're not keeping your word to others, right? Like it just—it's like you can't be growing in business. Like I don't—I I don't know why, and maybe it's just a lot going on in the world right now. But I—I I have seen that in the last two years, especially more and more.
2: Well, I would say now, yeah. I mean, we're all burnt out. I have to say, like you know what I mean. There's we—we're having a lot of stimuli, a lot of just stuff that our our if we, I think of our brains like a computer because essentially our brains birth the computer based on how we think. But yeah. it's you know, there there's programs now that are just constantly running in the background, right? Which yeah. is like back, you know, everything. But you know, at the end of it I just feel like For me personally, I found a lot of freedom in letting go of, I guess, the you know, when you manage people, there's a level that you're trying to control them. I mean, that's just the truth, the truth, right? You're you're trying to build, you know, something in your business and you want them to stay consistent. And I was just having a hard time controlling people. Right. And then it came to the point where I was like, I don't really want to control anybody. I want just organically, you know, be aligned with this. And but I'm not finding that, you know, I'm finding uh, the the opposite. So, you know, let me stop focusing on this so much and focus on what I can control. And that is myself. Right. So I I personally, you know, and I give this advice to other business owners, you know, a lot of times is is if they're like, oh, yeah, I'm building this business and I want lots of employees and so on. I'm always like, let me just tell you, you know, that you either have to be somebody who You don't mind being feared, like you don't mind being disliked, because they will always dislike you if you're trying to get them to do something they don't want to do, no matter how much you pay them, no matter how many benefits you offer them. It's just the truth. It really is. It's just human nature. That's a quote.
1: That's yeah. a quotable rewind, hit the rewind yeah. for the people who are listening on the podcast. Yeah. This is Lisa Dahl's quote right here. They will always dislike you if you are trying to get them to do what they don't want to do. If you're trying to get them to do what they don't want to do.
2: Yeah. And so you either have to be like an iron you know, ruler and not care, but no, but you're always going to have people rebelling. They're always going to be kind of like looking for their own self-interest that it may not be yours and it's tiresome you know i don't i don't like being tapped into that part of of human nature you know with others like where i'm I'm constantly feeling like i'm having to read between the lines of what they're saying how they're acting you know and and everything else i like to keep it simple and straightforward so you know by me redirecting you know almost being like you know i don't care what they say uh, is what you do business-wise like what from what i've seen and the data that I've built over the years, and the different industries I've worked for, what do I think is the best course of action for my personal goals, but also is not doing any harm to others, and is assisting them in their goals that may not match my own, and that's essentially what I've built at Rose Red now, is allowing all those factors, and it's been excellent, and it's been blossoming really well too.
1: So many words of wisdom. I want to be mindful of your time, Lisa, but you also have so many gems that I just want to pick your brain on. (laughs) But okay, so I wanted to just jump there because you were like, we started this with the words of wisdom and you were like, first, don't open your second location. But it was like, but I felt like there was something that you were also going to say, like that was almost going to be like your passing throwaway statement and then you had something else. But I was like, I can't let that go. So was there something behind that?
2: I I I was just thinking of all the the my mishaps, you know. Honestly, just jointly, where over the years, where you know, I, I was like, oh, geez. Well, I'll, we'll start with the one that was the most expensive.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so true. And I think you know what I think just is coming to mind for me right now is like in business. It reminds me of a I don't know if you ever saw the movie A Bronx Tale, and he oh. says, "Is it is it better?" There's a line where he says, "Where little C." Collagio is his name, but they call him C says something like, is it better to be loved or to be feared? And he's talking to the mob boss, right? And the mob boss says to be feared for these reasons. His dad says to be loved for these reasons, but like in business, if you're wanting to be loved all the time, if you're wanting to be liked all the time, right. If you're wanting, it's just, it's, it's impossible. Right. And I think you'll hold yourself back from like doing the live or doing the video because you don't want to be judged from, you know, having employees or or growing the business because you are afraid of hurting feelings or just in so many ways, like when you start a business, you almost have to let go of that feeling of wanting to be loved and liked, which is Mm -hmm. a daily struggle.
2: Oh yeah. I, I mean, if you're successful in business, it's uh, there's that that quote I actually have it on a shirt but I'm probably gonna like not say it correctly but it's something to wear. it's 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 this it's this quote I, that I just love I think it's so funny and it's like something like uh oh it's lonely at the top but I like the view right
1: I'm and it's perfect.
2: like the, like what I tell people I'm like yeah you know it's it can be lonely it can be isolating but I mean that view I can't give it up right yeah. <laughs> so I prefer the view over you know maybe not being as isolated but Yeah. So that is definitely a good point. Uh, That doesn't mean that you can't, you know, have positive relationships with people, but there has to be a boundary. I mean, I know that there are still a lot of people out there in business that like to do the whole, we're a family. I just, I, I, uh, no, we're not, no, we're not a family. You know what I mean? Like if, if they are business partners, like they, are equal owners that are taking equal falls not just the benefits then maybe you could say yeah we're a family you know i'm the the studio owner but also so is everybody else here which you don't see very often right for obvious reasons but if it's not that situation and they are your employees or even your contractors you are not a family Like, I really think that's damaging of an expectation that, you know, that business owners will have where they're like, well, that's, that's what I'm supposed to do in my business is have this family environment, but it's not, it's not realistic. And usually all that, all it does is if you are a giving owner, which I was when I first started, I really wanted everybody to, to do well. And I was fine to sacrifice, you know, my own self to, to help them hoping it would, you know. Pay, it would pay it forward or it would come back to me, you know, on, on the, on the end that that's not a good way to do things. Cause it rarely does. And it's not their fault. Like I'm not yeah. maligning. It's your fault for your expectations to expect that. Right. And that was something that, that I learned. And I just feel like it sets people up for failure. I literally have seen over Instagram just following other industry leaders passively literally have mental breakdowns pretty much on their (laughs) Instagram that started with the whole, I'm so excited to open up my studio. Thank you for all my, you know, followers for, you know, helping me get to this point. And then a year or two later they start getting like a good team together and things are going really well. And then they're like, we're a family, and then they start posting all these things, and then all of a sudden a mass betrayal happens right Usually, it's one of the employees wants to go open up their own business and take everything they learned you know with them, maybe even half the staff, all the staff, whatever the case is, or they've been stealing or they, they really something you know on the back end it didn't line up. they weren't being authentic with each other, and then all of a sudden the, you know what I mean they just they just spiral. <laughs> Because they're like, what happened? I did everything right, you know? And and I put everything out there. And I myself came across that, you know, where I expected so little from people, but then was still, you know what I mean? Like, uh, on, on, you know, still disappointed.
1: And I just decided to reframe just how I view the whole thing. Yeah. If I'm thinking about it, like, this whole conversation, it's really about, like, your, your intention And your expectations, right? Because we started talking about social media. If I'm like going to wrap it up, like, you know, and put a bow on it. It's like, you know, thinking that that video is going to go viral is what we were talking about, right? At the beginning. And the intention of that and growing the business and what what are you really wanting? And then the same thing with hiring people, your intention and expectation. I heard this quote the other day and I don't remember who said it, but it was something like, just get comfortable with disappointment. And at first I was like, Oh, that sounds kind of negative. Like who wants to get comfortable with disappointment? And they were like, but basically it was a a guy who was saying that the more he thinks like, okay, like if he doesn't want to work out in the morning, he's like, I'm going to hate it. And he thinks all these Mm -hmm. negative thoughts. Then after a while, he's like, well, it's not so bad. Like if he, you know, he psychs himself out the other way. Right. And so his just overall expectations. And I think this is so true. Just like we said in business in general is it's just so many hills and valleys and i talk about failures all the time I, I i don't know how many podcast episodes i have on failures or lessons learned or whatever it is because i do it's think so like you about failures and, and i'm i'm very
2: confident in myself like i have i'm very just i don't have a problem being t- talking to other people and be like oh man yeah i opened up a second location it was a nightmare I closed it within four months i lost 80k and you know i was at threat of being sued you know <laughs> yeah. Then, and I can tell other, well, I'll be talking to a, like another business owner at a uh, like networking event and you can almost see where they're like, I would have totally not said, I would have lied. And I'm like, why? You know what I mean? No. Like, like I don't care. it's not like I'm not successful. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm still successful. It's just, that was a learning lesson. So
1: yeah, and there is that expression, and I don't know who said it as well, but it's like, if you're not having failures, then you're not taking enough risks, yeah, right? You're not- then you're not stretching yourself. You're not going for things, right? Because not everything is going to work out. So, so good. So good, Lisa. Thank you for just... Opening up and telling yep. us all the stuff, giving us the behind the scenes, all the juicy stuff that I love. Tell everyone where they can find you. What do you have going on? Tell us about the academy. Anything you want to talk about now?
2: Sure. I mean, so other- you can uh, find me on Instagram, Lady Lisa Doll. Pretty much that that tag name, Lady Lisa Doll. That username is, is across all the platforms: so Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff. So pick your social media of choice. Follow me on there. You can also join my mailing list, which I always recommend, at lisadallart.com, because if you join the mailing list, you won't miss any updates, uh, where social media, you just never know, if I'll, if I'll pop up in your feed, and as far as anything that I have planned, honestly, I've had, uh, over the last three years, kind of like a three-year plan of things that I'm doing, and some of them are just now starting to kind of culminate, mm-hmm. so I'm looking to gear up with some more social media content. For a bit there, I was a little wishy-washy on kind of what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. So I actually decided to take a step back from making anything like outside of the basics till I had a very clear idea of what I wanted to do and what my goals were. I'm kind of a person with multiple hats. And so sometimes I have to just take off some of them, you know what I mean? <laughs> and be like, okay, I've got too many hats on. Let's just remove some of these and focus on these three and let's go from there. And I'm going to just be amping up my academy for the most part. I've been also mm-hmm. studying art more so I could elevate myself that way. And I've been working on a lot of custom designs
1: and I'm excited to kick out as well. So That is so awesome. I love when good things come together for good people. Mm-hmm. And you've definitely put in the work. You've paid your dues, right? Like we all got to, you got to. I should get some back. I should get
2: some coupons or some rebates. <laughs> for some of the work i put
1: in. (laughs) Yeah, so good. Lisa, thank you so much for, again, all your time, your wisdom, and just being an open book to learn from you. So good.
2: Thank you so much, April.
1: Yeah. All right, bye, guys.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about. And also definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with grit and grace, hugs and high fives. See you next week.